Okay, uh, here we go. All right, this is Gary Goldman, and you're listening to me on PF's tape recorder. Or I could say, this is Gary Goldman, comedian, and you're listening to PF's tape recorder. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's the biggest name in comedy, Kostaki Economopolis. Well, I used to do a lot of that, and I, I just, I got a little jaded, and the crowd has always got mixed feelings about you doing jokes like that. First of all, they hate some of those subjects, and then of course, if you have any real statement to make, then you lose half of them because they disagree. We'll hear more from Kostaki in just a little bit. It's a fresh installment of What Kind of Nonsense Is That? But first, as always, fake news. And now, fake news with me. U.S. Airways has apologized after mistakenly tweeting an extremely graphic, pornographic image to one of its followers, but no one is going to lose a job because of the mistake. The image showed a model of a 777 airliner protruding from a woman's private parts. At first, the employee tried to put a positive spin on the picture, saying it was a reminder that U.S. Airways reaches destinations below the equator. The captain of the Southwest Airlines flight that landed at the wrong Missouri airport in January has resumed flying while the co-pilot has retired, the Associated Press reports. Both had been on paid leave following the January 12th incident in which the Southwest Airlines flight landed at a small airport near Branson, Missouri, instead of the destination's main, much bigger Branson airport. The co-pilot was scheduled to turn in his resignation at the company's Dallas headquarters, but mistakenly drove to Fort Worth. A lot of airline news for you here. Southwest Airlines' Martha Cobb has a few safety announcements and a couple of jokes to share as well. The Houston-based flight attendant known as Marty is gaining national attention thanks to a YouTube video that shows her comedic twist on the routine briefing before takeoff. She will now be developing a sitcom with Whitney Cummings this fall. On Tuesday, Google updated its privacy policies to make it absolutely clear to users that it is scanning your emails. It added these sentences, Our automated system analyzes your content, including emails, to provide you personally relevant product features such as customized search results, tailored advertising, and spam and malware detection. Tech experts believe that Google is simply jealous and possessive and wants to see if you're still talking to Yahoo. A child has been returned safely to his mother after getting some playtime inside a stuffed animal claw machine game at a bowling alley in Lincoln, Nebraska this past Monday. Rachel Hildreth of Madison's Bowling and Billiards said someone told her about the boy inside the bear claw machine. She didn't believe it until she saw it for herself. There's a three-year-old inside the machine, she said, playing with the stuffed animals, just throwing them out. The child was removed without harm from the machine, though it took authorities a while to round up enough quarters to do so. Americans increasingly think that Democrats have a better plan for health care than the Republicans, according to a Reuters poll conducted shortly after the White House announced that more people than expected had signed up for the Obamacare health plan. Fox News, however, disputed the report, saying, Benghazi! Benghazi! Cuba has made Good Friday an official holiday after restoring that Catholic feast as an exceptional measure when Pope Benedict visited the island uh, back in 2012. The move led many to ask, what the hell kind of godless communists are you anyway? Donald Trump is interested in purchasing the Buffalo Bills from the estate of the team's late owner, Ralph Wilson. Trump has previous experience with the sport, having managed to destroy an entire football league in the 1980s. And finally, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie is in a statistical dead heat for the GOP presidential nomination with former Florida Governor Jeb Bush and Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky, according to a new poll. A Fox News poll released Wednesday night found that Chris Christie is pulling a 15% lead in a potential GOP primary. Bush and Rand Paul each bring in 14%. Paul and Bush hope to bridge that gap, but realize Christie will simply close that bridge. And that's been Fake News with me.
It's time for another episode of... What kind of nonsense is that? So the GOP's kind of got a, a problem on its hands. Uh, some of the people in the Republican Party and the GOP say so much racist crap that everybody just assumes now that everything they're saying is a bunch of racist crap. George Will is on the case. Sure. Uh, look, liberalism has a kind of Tourette syndrome these days. It just constantly saying the word racism and racist. Okay, so some people may be quick to the trigger. And a lot of people are, would argue, well, we, we don't hate Barack Obama because he's black. We hate him because he's a liberal, although that's a name only sometimes. But, uh, you know, it, when you say a lot of racist stuff, George, you know, people might start to think you're a little bit racist. And I don't mean George Will. I mean just the, the GOP as a whole. Now, now let's ask this uh, question here, George. Why would people uh, kind of jump the gun and, and think that, you know, everything you guys say is racist? Hmm, let me think. Sheriff Joe Arpaio says he suspects President Obama's birth certificate is a fake. We have got this tailspin of culture in our inner cities in particular of men not working and just generations of men not even thinking about working. What I need from you is to know what you can do, you and your fellow non-communist colleagues in the lower house, what you can do to stop these communist tyrannical executive orders laid down by this foreign-born American-hating communist despot. What can you do for me? That was a pretty good test. Or do you want a food stamp president? President Obama's policies consistently kill jobs. He just killed jobs again on the Keystone Pipeline decision. A Chicago communist-raised, communist-educated, communist-nurtured, subhuman mongrel like the acorn community organizer gangster Barack Hussein Obama to weasel his way into the top office of authority in the United States of America. No, I still can't place my finger on it. Old saying in the law, if you have the law on your side, argue the law. If you have the facts on your side, argue the facts. If you have neither, pound the table. This is pounding the table. What kind of nonsense is that? Postaki Konimopoulos is a comedian originally from Atlanta, Georgia. He's been on the show before, and he was on the No Huddle Fantasy Football podcast that I did uh, several times uh, when that show was still on. And now here's our interview with Kostaki Economopoulos. Hey, joining us on PS Tape Recorder, it's the biggest name in comedy, Kostaki Economopoulos. How are you, man? Good, man. I always muffed that. I muffed it last time. I forgot what I said, but I, <laughs> I goofed it up somehow. I don't know how I goof that up. But, uh, when you commit to this name, it gets muffed. You get you understand that. That's yeah. fine. Uh, about the Kostaki part, I muffed the, your tagline. <laughs> right. Yeah. But um, I think I said the largest name in comedy or something dumb like that. But um, So anyway, what, what's new with you, man? I think the last time we spoke was uh, before the start of football season. I think it was August because you were talking about that the Falcons were looking good. And then uh, they turned into the Browns. That's yeah. That's how sad is that? It was finally the year that my team was going to be great, and it they were went was it four and twelve? It's not good. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so, well, let me ask you about with the the football thing. And you know, you're you're still doing a lot of the, the football uh, comedy and stuff, not exclusively, but this is a big time year for football. 
Uh, apart from the comedic value of it, do you have any interest in the draft? I do. I, you know what I'm. <laughs> apart from the comedic value of it, I'm probably most interested in the fantasy implications. That right. I'm in a keeper league that's pretty serious and gung ho. Uh, okay. We we each have four keepers, so you know if your team drafts a running back on a team that you've got a running back, that's not oh. that's not good news. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, especially with that position. Okay. And the flurry of trades that happens in March is very interesting to follow from a fantasy point of view. And you know, like I have Calvin Johnson, so is oh, there you go. You know, Golden Tank coming there is that good news? Is that bad news? How do you read that? All that mm. is fascinating. Yeah, hmm. I think it takes some of the pressure off. But um, so, how'd you do in your league this year, by the way? Oh, I came in. I was had arguably the best team, and then I lost both playoff games and came in fourth. We have a we have a four team playoff situation. So okay, I did pretty well, and then you know had some bad luck late. I have I had a lot of I had a lot of lions, (laughs) which is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That well, my nephew did, and he still he still beat me in the championship. Oh yeah, the way things fell. Yeah, yeah. So I've uh, I've won two championships. He's won two championships, and my former boss has won three. And I am really motivated to get that third championship. And uh, <laughs> so he doesn't have one above me. So I'm really I'm really focused. And so like I always oh, tell everybody, the 2014 season started the day after the championship for me. So right, right. So. By the way, whenever I say golden taint, it's hard for me not to say taint. <laughs> I know I'm a 13-year-old boy, but... So, there you go. So the Lions, follow, here's a joke for you. So the Lions have, their starting wide receivers are Taint and Johnson. Seriously? <laughs> there you go. They should get Riley Cooper. They'd have a Taint, a Johnson, and an asshole right in a row there, you see? These are the jokes. <laughs> they are. They're great. Yeah, how you keep coming up with them, man? They're awesome. Um, They're Getting back to the draft, I'm, I started writing for this blog called Dog Pound Nation, which I should probably be promoting uh, here, actually. But anyway, um, and he wants some you know, humorous stories. And my, I think my next post is going to be about how I have absolutely zero interest in the draft after the Browns pick their pick. Because, <laughs> because this is the thing. People always shit on the Pro Bowl. But here's my argument. I would rather watch a game where guys are actually playing than a guy reading names every 10 minutes. <laughs> Come on, the ESPN packages with the, with the players—they oh, do it so really well. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I get that. The only advantage the draft has, I think, as a football fan, is the fact that it's football interest, but nobody's getting hurt. No one's getting banged around because you know we're all conscious about uh, the concussion thing now. So you know, maybe we maybe the eighteen game schedule isn't such a hot idea after all. But I, <laughs> but those four meaningless preseason games. Good grief. Yeah, I, I'm with I'm with you on that. That's way too many. Yeah, it used but, to be six you know, when we were kids. Remember that? I don't remember that. It, it was, was six. It was six right before I started watching, and they, when they went to the uh, to the 16 game schedule, yeah, they had six preseason. Some teams would only play five, but it was not unusual to play six preseason games, and then you do a 14 game regular season. Yeah. That's absurd. Yeah, it's crazy. And they, of course, they try. Although what the Browns used to do is uh, they would have a double header. Uh, on pre, they would they would play the Lions and then they would invite the Steelers up to play somebody else and they'd have a doubleheader in the stadium, and it was two for the price of one. That's it. All right. Well, that's at least an interesting marketing angle. It is. All right. Yeah. Never see that again. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the owner of the Lions died recently. Yes. Did you see that? Yes, I did. So if the Lions make the Super Bowl this year, it's literally going to be over his dead body. Yeah. <laughs> 
as I like to point out, the uh, the only two teams uh, that have not made it to the Super Bowl that were in the league at the time of the merger are the Browns and the Lions. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I, the stats on this are actually amazing. He was... He was he owned the team for fifty years, five zero. And during that time they had one playoff win and never went to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Or as the Jaguars call that, pretty good run. Pretty good, <laughs> there you go. Pretty good fifty years. Yeah. Over that time, this is this is actually amazing to me. He bought the team in nineteen sixty three for four point five million dollars, and the Lions are now worth nine hundred million. Which is weird because the city of Detroit used to be worth nine hundred million. Now four point five. There you go. <laughs> so, look, just with the fact that you follow football year round, is that how you're able to generate uh, all these jokes? Because it's, it's just something you follow, and the punchlines just kind of fall on the line. Or do, do you now that you people kind of look to you, you know, on Bob and Tom and things like that for the and 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 on Facebook and stuff? Do you have to work at it, or is it come naturally as a, just an aspect of following football? You know, it's both. In the in, during the season, I'm a little overwhelmed by how fast I'm required to crank it out. You know. Oh yeah, so, yeah. There are a lot of Sunday nights where I'm staring at a blank page with a handful of you know half baked ideas on it, and I'm freaking out. Um, and now that it's the off season, I basically do I basically do the segment uh, on radio and on on the podcast Quick Snaps once a week during the season. And then in the off season, it's about once a month. Okay. So once a, once a week is a little too often for my brain, and once a month is not often enough. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So in the off season, it's actually a pleasure. Sometimes I kind of use sitting and looking at football stories as sort of an escape from the rest of my life to kind of you know write here and there and come back to it later. I got plenty of time to figure it out. And during during the season, it's it's hard. It's hard work. Yeah, I'll bet because yeah, like you said, there's there's that pressure. But then I guess in the in the off season, like the Alden Smith thing happens, and depending what happens in your cycle, you know, maybe people will have you know forgotten about it, or you know, or some some other player gets in trouble. Although that's usually a, a weekly occurrence, depending. Yeah, on the that's team. true. You got to be careful with timing on it because things feel old really fast. You know, for whatever reason, I I wrote like. 20 jokes about the owner of the Lions passing away. And that sort of has legs. That's not really specifically That's true, timely. People, they'll, they'll have a patch on the uniform this year and they'll, they'll be talking about it this year. So, Right, right. Yeah. But, you know, you're right. If you do something that feels like a really hot story right this second, you know, Alden Smith, the perfect example, then you don't make the call for two weeks. You know, it can feel old. So yeah. it's a weird, it's a weird little uh, job that I have. It's very strange. Yeah. So, uh, what other kinds of things are you talking about apart from uh, the football? Oh well, I've got a crazy, um, I've got a crazy life that I'm talking about on stage. I, you know, I'm, I got married yes. four months ago. Yes, right. I think you would. Uh, yeah, you were. It was still in the planning stages last time we spoke. Yeah. So we we did it upright. It was really fun. We got a 1969 Checker cab, like a real fancy one oh, to cool. drive us around, and we snuck into the Met and got married in there in the beautiful atrium and it was really a beautiful we eloped but we still did a lot of the trappings i got a tux that matched the style of one that my dad wore at his wedding it was oh, white wow. coat black tie and it was beautiful it was really fun we know the odds by the way that 50 percent of marriages end in divorce and the other half end in death <laughs> so we know going in it's not going to end well <laughs> there you go one or the other it seems 
If I, if I were a divorce lawyer, I think my slogan would be, it's the only way to get out of this alive. <laughs> no one here gets out alive. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, I'm very happily married, and I've got a, a five-year-old kid I'm chasing around, and yep. I'm, I'm in the middle of a custody fight. So I'm, I'm starting to talk about that on stage, and it's mm. hard. I don't want to trash the mom, but I also want to be real. So I'm in the middle of trying to figure out how to do that. It's, yeah, it's, that's uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's a delicate dance. Yeah, because it's got to you know it's it's got to come from a real place. I mean, most I, I tell this to my uh, comedy students, uh, the the young people I teach on Saturdays, that you know a lot, some guys can draw it like a Dan Tosh is an example I always use because he told me once that he just makes up absolutely everything. It's completely made up because he goes his own my own life is so dull I can't imagine anybody finding any interest in it. <laughs> but I think I think he's in the minority. I think you know you got to draw it from there's got to be some kernel of realism in there. You know, then yeah. you embellish it. I guess is the uh, is the key. Well, I think you said it well. There, there's so many different ways to do this. And obviously, somebody like Steve Martin or, you know, there's a lot of comics who are very funny without being particularly revealing about anything personal. And that's that's a perfectly good way to do it. That's true. Yeah, that's uh, right. That's, he's a good example. I forgot about that. You know, Stephen Wright and, you know, there's a lot oh, of yeah, examples yeah. of guys who arguably aren't, you know, there's there's no real truth or guts or truth-telling or yeah. heart in what they're doing, but they're... They're so good at what they do. Who cares? You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, but for me, I think one great way to do it is to put some put some soul in there and talk about what's going on for you, and then it, it has more resonance. And, and of course, it has. There's more meat on the bones, and even when it's not hilarious, it's still compelling. Oh yeah. So yeah. So it's a multi-tiered kind of approach. I, I prefer that personally. So I'm trying to do that, but it's hard. It's a lot easier to write a joke about the lions. You know? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it's just, you know, it's just pretty cut and dry, you know? And, yeah, so I'm still, I'm, I'm figuring that out. In fact, I'm going on stage here in about an hour and a half, and I'm kind of, yeah. I've been thinking about a few things I want to say and try to figure out how to say, and it's tricky, man. You know, I've I found a few lines that are beginning to get towards the right direction. I, uh... I'm a dad. I'm a good dad. I know you don't shake a baby. I know this. But, <laughs> yeah. But but can you shake a baby's mama just once, <laughs> just to get some sense into her head? So that that's a kind of a joke that's. I think that's fine. Yeah. That's not particularly critical. It's really a joke about the situation about, the, how about the first, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the right direction. I'm trying to to write down that path and see where we go. Yeah, well, it sounds like it's uh, it, that's moving in the the right direction. It it took me a long time. I did this joke a couple of uh, months ago. I used to do, and it was it was never particularly. It got some chuckles, but uh, it was about this guy uh, in Detroit. You might have heard the story a couple years ago. He gets pulled over, and his fourteen year old daughter is driving the van, and the daughter explains, "Well, I'm, I'm driving him to the store to 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 get more beer," and then I would immediately <laughs> follow up with a punchline of like, oh, "That's you know, I can't even get mine to bring me one from the fridge." And then on the way to the club, I realized I should probably draw that out a little bit, a little misdirection, and say, you know, isn't that sad? And then kind of like misdirect it that it's going to, it's so sad, I can't even get mine to bring me over. And then it worked, got a little bigger laugh, so it's just... Oh, that's keep, nice, yeah, keep, right. Keep plugging you, away, yeah, yeah. You, it, it, uh, right. You, you find your footing. <laughs> but you're an old pro, you know that. Um, what about like the politics and the current events? I know you had, uh, I've always had an interest in that. Well, I used to do a lot of that, and I, I just, you know... I got a little jaded, and the crowd has always yeah, got yeah. mixed feelings about you doing jokes like that. First of all, they hate some of those subjects. And then, of course, if you have any real statement to make, 
then you lose half of them because they disagree. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've kind of I've moved away from it. I, I took my master's degree in political science and put that away. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, for me, I've got so much focus on this little kid and the wife and chasing around gigs and writing jokes for football. Yeah, I've just gigs that, yeah, you got I've it. already got. I've already got my hands full, and I'm enjoying all this other stuff. So you got a full plate there. Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, any other projects in the works? Any other stuff you're working on, or is it? Is that well, part? I'm mostly I'm I'm mostly working to build this little cottage industry called QuickSnaps. It's it's weekly on uh, you know several radio homes, including Bob and Tom and Sirius and about 10, 12 other independent places. And it's also a podcast now. It's, uh, it's on iTunes and Stitcher, wherever you get these kind of things. Cool. And I'm trying to build that further. I was just invited by NFL Films to appear on their um, their top 10 shows. Oh, that's huge. Love NFL Films. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. In fact, that's next week. I'm doing some tapings for that. So I've got a list of subjects, and I'm going to go in there and uh, make some fun of make some fun of football guys. Yeah, there you and, go. Yeah, hopefully I don't wind up on the cutting room floor. And you know, so those guys reached out to me, which I think is they found me because I'm a I'm an NFL comic. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really flattered by that, and that makes me feel like this little industry is it's on the verge of exploding. I think we're we're doing it right, and just in the podcast universe, we, this season was our first year. We went from Zero to tens to hundreds to thousands, so we're, I'm excited about it. That's that's my little that's my little baby, my little creative baby. Well, there you got little uh, kind of bit of an entrepreneur there. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to be. It's uh, it takes some hustle, and it's not. Oh yeah, my, the hustle part's not my strength, but I can write some jokes. So I'm trying to trying to put it all together. Yeah, that is the tough part is knowing how to, you know, like Jimmy Part always complains that he and Matt are probably the worst businessmen in the world, and here, yet they still have this very successful podcast. And yeah, I just, I don't know, I'm always afraid I just don't have that killer instinct sometimes when I'm, you know, trying to sell my writings or whatever, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do. It's just, you know, it, you know sometimes you got to be a dick and you, it's just not in you, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, I agree with I have that problem too. It's, it, it's a very rare person who's great at all of those things. You know, it being true, a great... Yeah agent and salesman is a very different skill than being a great whatever painter joke writer whatever creative thing you're in yeah and and the thing with the podcasting course as we all know is that you know there's still 90 percent of the people out there that don't even know what a podcast is right yeah that's i think and i've been wrong before i've been wrong a lot but i think the podcast universe is uh gonna really continue to grow it's such a beautiful form because it's there's it's narrow casting right you yeah. can talk about like my thing nfl jokes aren't specific enough i mean it's too narrow a subject to have a show about on mainstream media oh yeah but if you want that in a podcast we have that you know what i mean yeah yeah if you want to if you want to listen to photographers talk about the business side of something or Whatever your little niche in the world is, there's a podcast for it, and I think it's a beautiful way to connect with people. Yeah, and for you know, for someone like me, you know, there's always that thing where uh, I, I, and I tell my students this too: is that if you know, when they're doing jokes about like Harry Potter and stuff, and we're doing our stand-up, you know, I say, you know, don't worry if I don't get it. 
as long as you know the people that are going to get it, they're going to feel better. Oh, I get that. You know, and maybe a lot of people don't. The same thing with the football. I'll probably get you know all of your football jokes, but if someone's doing NBA jokes, eh, I'll probably get a couple. You know, of the, like the big names that are involved. But right. since I follow football almost as closely as you do, then yeah, I'm probably going to get all the you know, the nuances. And I think I think people really like that. Whatever the subject yeah, is. Yeah, and hopefully that you have some you know you have some range. My goal is yeah. always that to be accessible so that. The casual fan still likes the segment, exactly. But the hardcore fan loves the segment. That's the goal. Yeah, know? exactly. The the you know the, the your uh, William Clay Ford jokes and the, the the city of Detroit. Yeah, that all that all translate even if you just you know casually follow it. And you know Alden, right. Alden Smith got in trouble. That's all you had to know for the one I saw on Facebook the other day about right. him about him pissing it all away. That's all you need to know. You didn't even didn't know the detail and just oh he got in trouble <laughs> and he's screwing up his career and you know like a lot What's of other he guys doing. Yeah, oh, what a Craziness. knucklehead. Yep. Um, so uh, the NFL films thing, were you a big fan when you were a kid? Always. Oh, yeah. Always. And they invited me to the, to the place, not just to do the tape. The taping is actually in Manhattan, but their, their, their home base is in New Jersey. And, uh, and their address is One Sable Way, there you which go. I think is <laughs> such a great address. And, so uh, I'm going to try to get out there and check out that place. Right you know? off, right off John so Facenda Drive. It's got so much gravitas that that yeah. you know, those people and what they've done. It's been great stuff. Oh yeah, it's been uh, uh, very influential. That's probably what got me into being a football fan and to being a fan of a his- the history of the game. Is going back and watching all those old, you know, when I was like you know, twelve or thirteen, watching the history of the league from like the fifties onward, and the history of the AFL and stuff, and all those you know great films. Right. And of course, yeah, John Facenda, the late great John Facenda. <laughs> yeah, there's so many names like that that just it, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I remember hearing it in Steve Sable, I think, saying this in a documentary about NFL films. Actually, uh, that um, when he first they first hired this guy, and for people that don't remember, he's the guy that sounded a little Howard Cosell esque. He was like the first announcer for NFL films. Uh, talked like this a lot. The frozen tundra, frozen tundra is credited to him, even though he never said it. But um, right. when he he was a Philadelphia <laughs> newscaster, and that's how he got the gig because they were headquartered in Pennsylvania. And it, he would look at the highlights, but then they finally had to like actually have him read them separately, and then they would just put the film and match his voice to it because he would be watching what was going on and it would goof up his pacing. So, <laughs> yeah, just little little tricks they learned along the way there at NFL Films. I like that. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. So where are you uh, performing tonight? By the way, tonight I'm in Rochester, Minnesota. Oh, okay. I pulled into town and uh, it was snowing. It's like, what? We got, wait, uh, isn't it April? What's happening? I know, we got snow yesterday down here in Cincinnati, yeah. Oh, man. So. And then the weekend, I'm driving all over the Dakotas with Bob Zaney. We're doing Minot and Rapid oh, City and Pier, <laughs> South Dakota. So Haven't talked to that guy in ages. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I, need to get him I talked to him for either Cleveland scene, probably, when he was maybe at Hilarities, I think. Or maybe it might have been for City Pages. I don't know. But yeah, he's a, he's a funny dude. Yeah, he's a funny dude. He's one of those guys that I've seen him a million times, and he still makes me laugh every time. Oh, so. exactly. Yeah, he's crazy. Old school. Yeah, it's very old school. He's like a time machine. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he is. Yeah, yeah. I gotta, gotta, I gotta get him on the podcast. I'm always hoping people will come to like the markets I write for, so I can get him on the podcast. <laughs> I always try, and I always try to like, and I always try to hammer uh, Mikey down here at uh, Go Bananas to get some of the guys that you know. Oh, you gotta get so and so here, and it's just so I, only so I can interview them. Uh, yeah, right. For no reason. <laughs> But uh, well, all right, Emily, get ready for your show, and um, you know, good luck with the uh, with the football this year and stuff. 
Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks Great. for reaching out. It's always hey. a pleasure to talk to you. Good oh, luck yeah, with yeah. everything. All right. Thanks, man. Cheers. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Gustaki Economopoulos for being on the show. Boy, that guy is great. Uh, I didn't want to pry about the uh, the custody thing because, uh, of course, you may or may not know uh, the the mother of his daughter is also a comedian, uh, the lovely Miss Carolyn Ray, who we also enjoy. Uh, but Kostaki, of course, is a close friend of the show. I, don't know, I wanted to ask if she did jokes too about the the battle, but uh, you know, I didn't want to get. I'll, I'll let Mark Maron pick at that scab sometime. How about that? All right. So anyway, uh, Kostaki, uh, the the best way to get in on all his stuff is go to Kostaki.com. That's C-O-S-T-A-K-I. Easy for me to say. Let me try that again. The easiest way for you to find out about all things Kostaki is to go to Kostaki.com, C-O-S-T-A-K-I, and then you can find out about his football stuff and his uh, his Quick Snaps podcast and all that fun stuff. He's doing a series of one-off gigs here uh, through the end of April. Um, let me see, April 25th, he is in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota at the Washington Pavilion. Then the next night he is in Kearney, Nebraska at the World Theater. And then he does his run there in Minneapolis at the Acme, uh, April 29th, hey, my birthday, through May 3rd. So again, go to Gostaki.com for all the info you need on that. Uh, Remember to go to iTunes or to AndyHawk.com and get your... copy of Chasing the Sun, the new single from Andy Hawk and Trainwreck Endings. It's going to be a great tune for summer, and uh, you'll be able to check them out around the East, I believe. They'll be touring around uh, uh, as soon as Andy finishes up with his day job there for the uh, for the, uh, for the the school year, and you'll, you'll see him around the country. So do, do, do go check those guys out if you have a chance. And then also, I want you to go to homeshirts.com because it's, it's t-shirt weather here in Cincinnati, and hopefully it's the, the, the same uh, where you are. And you might need a new T-shirt, so go to Home Shirts. We have all kinds of uh, retro T-shirts focusing on uh, uh, gone but not forgotten brands, teams, things like that. Uh, mostly in Cincinnati, Cleveland, Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and St. Louis. You're probably saying, "Hey, PF, I don't live in any of those cities," but we still have brands that were uh, national that were in those cities, but were also around the country, like uh, the Beef Corral Hamburger Chain, the Red Barn Hamburger Chain, May Company Stores, Zayer Department Store, Gold Circle, another popular one. So uh, if you go there, you pick yourself up a shirt or a sweatshirt if, you, if you're so uh, inclined. And uh, if you buy stuff from the Cleveland page, we make a couple of bucks. So that's a good way to support the show. All right. Uh, I believe that is all the business we have time for today. Uh, like the podcast on Facebook, of course. Follow me on Twitter at PF66, PFD Recorder Logo Design by Dan Coble. You can follow him at TigerDactyl on Twitter.com, spelled just like it sounds. Uh, check out Fangirl's photo blog, uh, check, check, hey, dot, Tumblr forward slash photos, I think it is, or just go to check, check, hey, dot, Tumblr, and then it'll direct you to the photo blog. And let me see what else. Um, oh, music, of course, composed and performed by John Veropoulos and Doug O'Connor, with a little help from me. And that is all the time we have for today. We are putting together another edition of Your Favorite Band that will be coming up in May, so look for that. Uh, Other than that, though, so long and thanks for listening. (laughs) 